Welcome everyone to the Palais. So welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Parlay. We are back, and I am your host. My name is Woody. And my name is Joey. And like I just said, we're back. Finally, for season four of A7FL Florida and season four of The Parlay. Joey. Really? Yeah. We, we, you've been at it this long, Woody? Well, no, it's the fourth season, but this is just, you know, what says it's technically season three of the fire of the parlor all right all right yeah, we had the first season with just me on it then we added you uh rookie of the year came out here and did his thing took over the podcast in uh a7 positive podcasting game and, you know shine if you ask me yeah and now yeah. now we're back to it man i'm excited uh for another season i can't believe it's already year four it uh it's definitely been a ride and i'm happy to get back at it I think what's interesting, and I kind of, before we really delve into the episode, I kind of just want to talk about, um, this is on the fly, <laughs> talk about this with you. How has it felt, you know, this is season four, so it's only, for me, it's a lot longer, but how is it having A7 in your life, four years now? <laughs> how is that? Dude, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was, uh, just the other day, I was thinking, and I was like, wow, this is already going to be year four. It's like... I can't believe how long I've actually been at it now. Um, there, there's, I love the off season because you know you're always training for the next year, trying to stay in shape. So it always gives you something to train for, and you know, try and stay young. Oh, for sure. That's how uh, you know Nat, well, soon to be 35 year old, like me, could still keep going. You know, I had a couple of years off. Don't get me wrong, but like you said, this is four seasons here in Florida. I feel like they flew by. Here we are at it again. Even just these three three seasons of the podcast, I feel like flew by. Last season flew by. So I'm definitely excited. I definitely uh, am very, very excited. That's the word I just keep coming back to. I'm excited for the season that's coming up. Um, like you said, the off season, always a fun and interesting time here uh, in the world of A7FL. Uh, how was your off season? My off season, I'm – I'll say I'm finally back to feeling like myself um, as far as, like, training and just getting back into it with everything um, and just knocking the rust off. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I feel a lot more comfortable for this upcoming season where I'm going to be at. I don't know about you, but this off season has been probably, I would say, compared to this year one, definitely um, the second best off season for me. I got you. I think for me personally, uh, this may be the best I've felt going into any season. Obviously, season one, uh, coming right after out of COVID. Uh, season two, getting the helm of the team. And then even with season three, with the roster turnover, I was more too much. I felt like I was more of an executive that year trying to essentially feel the team <laughs> and I wasn't really able to focus on myself as a player as much as I wanted to. I think this season I've definitely leaned more into being a player, getting myself together than I have in any of the other years. So yeah, physically, as far as being a player, I feel like I'm in, a, in the best place. I've been. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I mean, for both of us, you know, the the stuff that we had to deal with last year, I think that this is for the uh, for the ghost. It looks like it's going to be a bounce back year for him. Um, 
And just with uh, with everything upcoming, it looks like they're going to be back in their stride and just get back to playing football. Uh, for you, like year one, man, it was year year one was probably the most fun for me that I've had playing football. And I think the past two years, I kind of got away from that. Um, it was more just about winning the division, and it got away from just playing football and having fun originally from why I signed up for the league. I don't know as much for yourself, but I feel like year four, it's just getting back to playing football, getting back out in the field, having fun with the guys. For sure. I think uh, this year we're going to be able to be able to have fun because competing is part of fun. I felt like last season we were, we weren't competing. You know, we weren't, we weren't competing. It wasn't a competitive season last year for us at all. So for the GOAT. It wasn't a competitive season at all. So it was a little bit more of handling kind of the the backdoor things, the the front office things, things like that. So the fun on the field was definitely missing last season. I think this season will definitely be more of a balance. I know for the rest of the division, I think it's very interesting because we do have a juggernaut in the uh, in the crawlers. But I feel like maybe this year – the orange seem to be a little bit more focused on building a team. And we have the wild card of the A team that we don't know what's coming either. So I think there's a lot of fun storylines coming down the helm. I didn't want to jump into that too much, but yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to have four teams back in the division. Uh, hopefully after you know this season going forward, we can really start to build something down here in Florida. We're a little bit behind the, uh, the eight ball. But I feel like our talent makes up for it because as a division as a whole, we were able to get into the championship last year against the uh, the Insomniacs. So hopefully we can build off that. We finally start getting some recognition down here. Some possible ownership um, possibilities present themselves and we're able to really build this year. Yeah, I think that that's definitely something that's that's on the front of everyone's minds is, is ownership. I kind of want to push back a little bit on that just because I feel like a lot of times we've been not just me and you I just think the division as a whole has been focused on on a bit of that too much I think here we need to not worry about the other divisions I know you know we are that's just a fact we are behind the eight ball with all the other divisions um who knows what Indy even has (laughs) with them coming in this season but we're behind. We know it. It's a fact. It is what it is. We don't have ownership. I think at this point, we really just need to focus on the product on the field and not so much with that. Because like you said, without with probably the smallest budget, with the most uh, least amount of film, with the least amount of everything, the talent is what got the Tampa Nightcrawlers to the championship game out there in Arizona and what, pass away from winning a championship? Mm-hmm. in the A7 as well. So I think that where we stand is in a very good place. It's just as far as getting us to that next level. Now, with some things that we're going to discuss later, it's kind of odd to see certain things where they're trying to maybe cut the legs from under us. But I will say just the fact that we had the Tampa Nightcrawlers in that game has definitely – help Florida in a way of where where I'm out and I run into some football players and I mention A7, they know. So we've definitely permeated the um, 
the market that we were missing out on. Now it's just about getting the guys on the field. You know what? I couldn't agree with you more. Um, that's why I think I'm so excited for this upcoming season because of last year, I think me personally, I was more focused on what we didn't have and what other divisions had and how well Vegas was doing it. With this season, I think I've come to terms with with grasping, you know what, let's just do what we can with what we got, go out there and play football and let the rest take care of itself. Um, so I, I really think that's why, you know, this season coming up is going to be a lot more fun in terms of just playing football. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think let's, I think it's time we can go ahead and just dive into some of these offseason uh, storylines. Uh, without too much of a script, I think that this is uh, – I'm going to break the fourth wall a little bit. We're not going to go in here with as much of a script as we normally do, but we definitely have some off-season uh, headlines that we could just ramble off off the top of our heads that's definitely made things interesting. Do you want to start with the biggest one, or do you want to kind of slow roll this a little bit? Let's let's hop right into it, man. Let's, let's talk about it. Uh, I'll, I'll let you lead it off. Okay, so obviously one of the biggest – pieces of news to come out of Florida this offseason was the announcement. I believe it was a big social media post on A7, on its official page, on the three-on-one podcast's page, straight, like, all over, over every single A7 account that there was uh, made this announcement that the quarterback for the Tampa Nightcrawlers, Mark Bagway, had indeed left the state of Florida and signed with the Trenton BIC up in New Jersey. I mean, that, that just takes away, you know, they just came out with a poll stating him as the second best quarterback right behind. Um, why, why am I not thinking of his name? The quarterback from the, uh, the Somniacs. Scooter, but, it? Yes. Uh, Scooter Hamilton. So, I mean, that's, that's taking the best player from Florida and adding him to the juggernaut of BIC who has had a very good off season, adding another key piece, one coming from Nevada. We'll obviously talk about that a little bit later. But something that me and you always reiterate, we do not believe anything until we see it out there actually on the field. So as much as the three-on-one wants to push it, they want to have their interview, all that good stuff, they can make all their posts. I'm not buying it. Uh, until I see Mark Bagway out there and for the brothers in Christ out there, I'm not believing it. I think he's staying in Florida. <laughs> I haven't heard anyone call them <laughs> the brothers in Christ in so long. I'm sorry. That made me laugh. But that made me laugh. But you are absolutely correct. You never believe until that player is in that jersey on that field, you don't believe a single word of what's said <laughs> during the offseason. You know, this is nasty times. There's a lot of handshake agreements, a lot of words being said, but things not actually being, you know, put into motion. So it was kind of interesting to even fathom how, like, we've had it. Obviously, we've um, we've had it here in Florida. A player leave the division and go, well, twice now, actually, leave Florida and go play in another division. But I think in both of those, without speaking into those people's personal lives, I think in both those instances, those people actually picked up and moved to that other state. Yeah, it, it wasn't as much recruitment based as they're saying this one was that they had been in contact since last year this offseason they recruited him over so other other instances were solely based on 
life factors that were out of everybody's control. This one is solely A7 based. So from what I mean, what we've seen, this would be the first of someone actually recruiting somebody cross state. And let's say it does happen, Woody. How do you feel about that move from Bagway going from the Nightcrawlers to the BIC? Okay, this is going to be Woody. I'm taking my ghost hat off. Uh, from the from someone looking, an outside looking in, or let me not say outside looking in, you're on the inside. As someone who's just a fan, a fan of the Florida division specifically, that would be a mon- monumental loss for the art, not even art, for the best player, let's just be real, the best player in the division to leave our division to go play in the where it all started, playing the Mecca of A7 for a perennial team, which is also, it's not like he left to go play with the, um, no, no disrespect, Animals or the Snow Tribe or the Renegades, he went to go play for BIC. So that's a huge power shift and a huge power dynamic added to that team before you even talk about the fit, which, you know, we'll discuss later of, of the fit if, it, if this is something that, that comes true. But for me, I hate the move for the state of Florida because you're taking the most notable player, the player that's going to get the most clicks and views and uh, film and you're taking that away. So where is that shine coming from? Not to say there's not other players that deserve it or will have it, but he's got it right now. That would be something that would be acquired later on. But as far as someone who has that cachet right now, that has that marquee value to take him away from this division and go to a division that doesn't even need it, (laughs) to be honest, uh, yeah, that's uh, I, I I would hate the move. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, the move for the state of Florida, I think, is bad, taking away a lot of our uh, our shine, which is something that has gotten us into the spotlight. Is Mark Bagway and his electrifying offense, and then as move as far as a move for a player, I I, I just think it's too much um, for for BIC to get everybody involved. I think it's going to be too much star power um, and cross-pollinating like that, especially with his specific uh, play style where it's a little bit more uh, run and gun, a little bit more loose compared to BIC's um, more – they're a lot more composed and their their play calling is a lot more structured. So I, I'm not sure how well that's going to mesh. Yeah, when you said composed, you meant more structured. I know that was the yes. word you were looking for. I mouthed it while you said the other one, but um, I can see that the the fit. This is something that's happened in A seven history, where there's these. I don't want to say merges because people like to say merges as if two teams came together. No, one team probably couldn't feel the team, and then they joined the other team. So there hasn't been too many true mergers in A seven before, but there's been times where teams have joined, like a team like. Uh, if I'm going into the history books, I know there was a point in time where the Savage, there was a bunch of players from the Savage joined another team. The one time uh, the Bombers and SWG, I think SWG went over to the Bombers or maybe it was the other way around. That was a time where just a bunch of players went to the other, went to the other team. And there's been that over like that oversaturation of talent in one place. But there's times like with the Bombers and SWG, they figured it out and I believe they won the championship. So... There's been other times where smaller teams have done so, and it hasn't worked out because, again, that power dynamic doesn't work. Just thinking about on the field, where do you put Mark Bagway? You can't put him anywhere but quarterback. That's where he's most dynamic at. So what does that mean for Steri? You know? Yeah. I, <laughs> what does that mean for 
Malone. Steri is a player that belongs in that position that has proved it on the field. So you're going to go a two-quarterback system with him and Steri? It's definitely going to take some time to get used to um, and figure out where everyone fits in. I think they may you know, take two or three games, whatever it may be, just to figure out how Bagway fits into the system and the role he's going to play. Because you take him from the Nightcrawlers where he's the number one player, then you put him in with BIC who has Sterry, you know, in the spotlight. You have um, Hollywood who considerably, arguably the most electrifying player in the A7. Where does Bagway fit into all of that? That's for sure. And your dog is definitely trying to make an uh, appearance on the podcast. So everyone forgive us. Uh, it's a good dog. He's just, you know, excited about something over there. Um, but I will say that it feels as though they could make it work again if this is even true. So that's where we want to keep. We want to keep saying that, and we're not saying it, you know, as like like we're hating or anything like that. We're just saying that as we have to speak to it as a fact, because again, we don't have anything on paper right here in front of us. So. Unless we see him registered as a player for BIC and he steps on the field, there's absolutely nothing at all that we can um, really take for grant, uh, take at face, well, take for certain. That's the word I'm looking for. Sorry. This is our first episode back, season four. So give us a, an opportunity to get uh, back in the swing of things. But yeah, so again, with Mark Bagway, we just don't know. Um, but if this is true, again, I just don't see how it fits. Um, I don't see the benefit it brings to the team when you have an electric, like you said, an electrifying player like Hollywood, uh, Ashanti, Ashanti Worthy. You have him, and then you have so that's a player, that's a playmaker, and then you need somebody to get him the ball. And Steri is great at giving him the ball and getting other people's the ball, other people the ball. They have the goat back there at running back, and we don't know where the the arrow is going to call uh, for my savage bias, but you had you don't know where Q Bell is going. Uh, if he's still staying there or not, I'm not sure. I haven't heard too much about that. And the other who's, weapons that they do have in the team. Who's the GOAT running back, Woody? There's only What's one that? Goat running back. There's only one GOAT running back in uh, in all of uh, A7FL. You kidding me? I know, but you said there uh, he's going to be at running back. Are you so sure about that? Where else would he play? Well, according... To the three on one, he's going to be assuming the role at tight end this year with their new, um, with the new player they just acquired from a different team. They're moving the goat. Yes. I didn't hear this, so I'm reacting in real time. They're moving him to tight end. Yes, with the with the move, uh, some. I don't think it's breaking news anymore. It's been a couple weeks since. We're a little bit behind. But Trey Robinson from the well, former Insomniacs and then moved to the Outlaws will now be playing the spring with the BIC at the running back position. That is very interesting. I did not hear this news. Uh, that one slipped through the cracks somehow. Um, that's, again, another player moving across country, but essentially home because he did used to play in Jersey. So, well, I think PA actually, but he used to play in the Northeast. Okay. I mean, we're going to see. We're going to see. I'm not too sure on that, but that's a very interesting, very interesting dynamic. But if that is the case, 
that's another opportunity, another way to put the ball in his hands in space. And you know, we're we're getting up there in age. We played a long time, so we are. Uh... How how old is Trey Robinson? Well, I don't know about Trey Robinson. I'm talking okay. about Courage Mosley. I got yeah, you. Yeah, I know I played against Courage in Jersey, so I know if I'm up there. But Courage could have been a lot. No, no, I was playing like at 19, so who knows? He might have been underage playing at that time. I know they weren't really checking uh, IDs back in the town beef days, so he could have been like 16, 17 years old. So, but I know he's at least possibly in the 30s. So that doesn't mean much here in A7. I know A7 are. Our shelf life, as far as our, our window of playing is a lot wider than it is in the, you know, obviously in the pros. But that's just really interesting. I did not know that. So I'm reacting real time. Yeah, I think it was an uh, interesting move, but I believe Trey's actually moving back to Jersey and where he's going to be residing permanently from here on out, as he was kind of talking about on the on the three-on-one podcast. Shout out to, uh, yes, to Corey. Or not no, giving no, no, me my shirt no. yet. Still don't know. That's over for that shirt. You might as well pack it in. But go um, on. I see. I'm, look, I'm looking at BIC schedule right now. Uh, I see them game one against the Snow Tribe and then game two against the DC Buzz. Uh, yeah, they're all in Asbury Park online anyway. I'm not sure how accurate that is. Um, but yeah, so they're playing. They got. I know there's been a lot of turnover in the D.C. buzz. Uh, I know the Snow Tribe are, are continuing to build. In week three, they have the Patterson U, which another one of the storylines we could talk about uh, next would be their big test, which is always a big game. BIC versus the U is always a big test. So there's that. So they have essentially two weeks to really, really get it together. But before they, they handle their first really big test of the season. No disrespect to them. No, and I, I'm excited to see um, Huff back in with the U and how he's able to kind of take command again and rejuvenate that rivalry again, kind of getting back to the basics for them. For sure. I think for the U, it's going to be a little bit different. So well, without you, you really didn't give me a chance to say it. But, um, yes, that was the other one we're talking about, is, uh, Huff returning to the Patterson U. Um, I think that's another really interesting one for them because they don't have that opportunity that the BIC have. They've got to hit the ground running with the schedule. Again, the schedule that's online, uh, they have the Baltimore Watchmen week one. Mm. <laughs> so I believe that's the Northeast champion is the Baltimore Watch, uh, Watchmen. They have them week one, and then they have um, they have the Renegades week two, but then they have, obviously, like I just said, BIC week three. So they have a bit more – they have an early test than a game where they can kind of regroup and rebound uh, re- rebound against the the Renegades. No disrespect to the Renegades. All this is no disrespect, but we're just, pro, you know, projecting. And then they have the, the BIC Week 3. It's definitely going to be an early test for those guys. Um, would you rather have your three hardest games in the beginning of the year or at the end of the year? In A7, I want them at the beginning of the year. Beginning. I really want that test at the beginning. I want to see where we stand week one and be able to make whatever adjustments we need to make early as opposed to having to figure it out. If we're cruising our first couple games and everything's great, you get complacency, you get bad habits setting in, X, Y, and Z, and then 
you know, later on when the, you know, fires, you're in the fire. Now you're trying to get your stuff together. I kind of want to be able to, to, to do it the other way around. I agree with you on that. You know, get yourself figured out early, make the adjustments that you need to. That way you can go into the playoffs on essentially a winning streak and have all your bells and whistles in line. Yeah. I mean, you'll still be making your tiny adjustments as you do through the, through the season, but it's, it's way better to know where you stand and where your big deficiencies are early. So I, I do kind of favor this schedule a little bit more, even with the uh, Renegades in the middle there. Uh, they'll have a game against the Animals right after the uh, BIC game, and then they'll have the Snow Tribe and then the Nova Charge, which will be interesting. I have to see the Nova Charge come into the league and see what they'll do. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how the uh, the new expansion team, they're out of West Virginia, if I remember correctly, how they get acclimated to the A7FL. Oh, for sure. And having to play a juggernaut like the Patterson U will be a very interesting test. But I, I know that all new teams kind of go through that. I know the Boston Omegas went through that uh, last season. I think they played them maybe in the first four weeks. They went against the Patterson U. So... Yeah, it's going to be it's definitely going to be interesting up there as well. So those are two of the big A7 storylines right there or happenings in offseason between, you know, the Mark Bagway to the BIC and Huff going back home to the Patterson U. Do you have any other storylines that drop that's interesting to you? Um, Not really. I mean, I, th- I believe we cover all the main headlines of, you know, the cross-pollination and the, the big moves, obviously, you have the, the smaller moves of players moving from one state over to uh, to Nevada, but they probably won't make as big of a splash. So as far as new news, that's that's about all I have. Well, give me a couple more. What's some? Let's let's shine some light on some of the smaller moves that may not have been uh, as played. When we say smaller, it's just maybe not as publicized or maybe not as high profile players. There's nothing to do with these gentlemen's talents. We're talking about the profile of the players. Absolutely. And speaking of small, um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Travis for moving. He's actually going to be moving back up to Ohio, where he's from, for a little bit, for a year. Um, give him a congratulations on everything he's got going on up there. He's going to be playing with the the heist, I believe. So speaking of a, a move, that's one of our own guys. You know, we, we all have love for him, and we'll be supporting him up there. That's one of the moves that, you know, I'd like to give a shout-out to. Oh, for sure. Travis Small is going back uh, back home to Ohio. That's amazing. Uh, we're going to miss him, obviously. He's a great dude, very, very good teammate, a great competitor. Uh, not saying it like it's a goodbye, obviously, but, you know, we'll always remember the play that he had against the Orange last year. <laughs> the, the game-winning pick six. I think it was at least maybe 90 yards, maybe 95. I wish yeah. you would have, you know, better film on that. All the way to the house it was uh, it was definitely an amazing play. Uh, we appreciate Travis. We're very excited and happy for him uh, going back home to Ohio. And like you said, everything he has going on in his life. So big shout out to Travis. Uh, do you have maybe like another move? Uh, yeah, I got the uh, the milkman is making a very far delivery for this upcoming spring. He's going from the volcano oligarchy or oligarchy volcanoes or whatever they are all the way out to Nevada and who knows what team he's going to play on 
but just want to give a, a quick apology to all the listeners across for the uh, the monster and clout chaser that we have created um, by giving him his first sign of, um, you know, I guess, uh, broadcasting, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a very interesting one. Very interesting. Uh, it's a very interesting character. Uh, some people, they get into this into this uh, atmosphere and it's in this ecosystem that is the ASAPFL. And uh, they, they get a little crazy. You know, they like you said, they get a little clout chasey. And because it's a big fraternity. It's a lot of, you know, testosterone, guys, it's competition in sports. But it's also a brotherhood. And some people just, you know, yeah. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. So we do apologize. We were the first platform to give him a platform, but that's what this is. This is a platform for the player. So as we apologize, maybe a little, you know, tongue in cheekly to y'all, but this is what it's for. And after that, you guys paying attention to him. That's y'all fault. <laughs> that's not our fault. After yeah, that, cool. because you guys continue. Yeah, y'all keep giving him a platform. Keep talking to him about a, on a t- keep talking to him on a national level. Y'all need to stop. We're not even referencing his name. You guys need to stop. Is is that what you wanted to hear, Woody? Is that what you wanted me to get into? No, that's what I wanted to get into. I was I was sparing you. I know that I have to. Uh, <laughs> I know that I have to play the bad guy a little bit more moving forward. So I'll definitely do it. Uh, I need to play the bad guy more when it comes to other people than just the one player that everyone knows that I, <laughs> I used to give crap for, which is. Surprisingly, that's something. That's a storyline out here in Florida. We'll we'll bring it back to Florida a little bit. Um, we haven't heard much from that player, and that's a very interesting thing. Don't know what team he's going to play for. Don't know if, if he's playing at all. Uh, so, unless you've heard something, no, I haven't. I haven't heard anything. I mainly heard that he is um, retired. No, it's very interesting. But yeah, we haven't heard much. On that front, so there's a, a, a character that we were just talking about, a character that went from Ohio to Nevada, not sure where he's going to play, but um, our, one of Florida's own characters that are, is definitely not, uh, we're not hearing from. I know okay. that another character that a lot of people got wind of, and we, you made sure that we, you weren't there for that episode, but I was able to have that conversation with um, Rick Johnson. We know he's returning for another season with the Tampa Nightcrawlers. Uh, so that's another guy we haven't heard much from at all. Have you heard anything? No, I mean, he's pretty pretty vocal on Facebook. But from what I know, this is actually going to be his farewell season. I'm pretty sure he's going to be retiring after this year. So I can expect some uh, some big numbers coming out of him um, in that Nightcrawler jersey. Speaking of Nightcrawlers, we'll talk about another player that we haven't heard much about. And I'm trying to do my due diligence and research for sure about um, Loco Davis. Uh, we heard news of him signing a deal. Uh, do you remember what team that was with? So it is a professional flag team out of Tennessee, I believe. So he signed some sort of deal that he will be playing professional flag football. So, you know, shout out to him for what he's been able to do in the A7 along with what he obviously does in the in the flag world. So who knows if he's going to dedicate himself just to flag football or we're going to see a little bit of him out of the uh, the Florida division as well. For sure. Now, that would be very interesting. That, again, if we're counting the moves, 
at face value, we're not hearing anything from Logo Davis, and we're expecting to see Mark Bagway in a BIC jersey. Where does that leave, where does that leave the Nightcrawlers at the quarterback position? That's very interesting, um, especially with you saying, you know, this may be uh, Reed Johnson's last season. Um, I believe for everything that I've heard, Rico Brown is coming back. Uh, Deontay Henderson's coming back. But it's very interesting from there on. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to see how long this dynasty lasts. Um, that the crawlers have established these past two to three years now, and the moves that day seven is gonna provide for these guys. So, I guess time will tell what's about to happen. Yeah, I got a couple more. Uh, we have we have a change in let's say leadership, and also a player leaving that dynasty that you were just speaking of. Uh, in Flacco, someone who has been named, and I'm going to be honest, let's, let me be serious for a second first, a player that's named as the architect behind that Nightcrawlers team, a guy that they said that a lot of the players will give credit to and say, hey, Flacco brought me in, uh, left the Nightcrawlers and is now assuming, uh, assuming leadership of the Tampa A team. So back to what you were saying about it's great to have four teams again. Uh, he was given the ha- uh, give, handed the reins of the Tampa A-team. And it's interesting to see what he's building out there. I'm interested and to see if he can kind of come through with, you know, the talk and see if he can back it up. Because if he, if he said that he built the Nightcrawlers, he should be able to build the A-team, the A-team, excuse me, to somewhat replicate the Nightcrawlers if he has all these connections and all that, which is great for the Florida division. It's gonna it's gonna get more competitive, and him being a leader and I guess team owner team owner should be able to produce a pretty competitive team this year. Yeah, so which would only make us better, would only make the division and whatever the product we we put out on the field a lot better. I think that's going to be the main component. I think something that's interesting is that fight for talent in that area. It seems as though we'll. Uh, We'll pull back the curtain a little bit here. Even with the Old Town Orange, it seems like they're fighting for a lot of the same talent in that same Tampa area. I won't say Tampa as far as that city alone, but around that surrounding area, it seems to be like a fight for the talent uh, all in that area between the three of them. Just to give people a little bit more insight, because I want, I want to make sure like this is not just a podcast for, you know, Florida players alone, especially these kind of episodes. And I kind of want to let everyone else in on, you know, kind of what's going on down here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we don't, the Florida division, you hear everyone talk about it is probably one of the most quiet divisions. Uh, I would say alongside Ohio, you don't hear much about what's going on down here. So it's always you know, it, it's good to get out and brag a little bit, tell the listeners what we got going on, what to expect, and kind of where we are as a division. Yeah, for sure. Like most sports, like most um, the, the entertainment part of sports is storyline. So this is definitely an opportunity for people to know the storylines, know what's kind of what's going on. Sometimes things, people who pay more attention to this, like you and I, like you see earlier that news about uh, Trey Robinson slipped, or even with... Um, Trey Robinson and with Courage Mosley slipped through the cracks. 
So I like to be able to give people that insight of Florida, especially, like you said, in a quiet division like us, because this is truly the only platform that they have here in Florida anyway. So I really do uh, appreciate and uh, and like the fact that we're able to do this for everybody else. Uh, do you have any anything else? No, I think this was a, a good opening pod to get back into it. Obviously, get the rust off between me and you. This is the first podcast we've done since last year. Uh, so just like, looking forward to the guests that we're going to bring on. Hopefully, we'll have somebody on next week. Uh, the Ghost and the Orange, a little bit of breaking news here, uh, do have a scheduled preseason game on two eighteen. At 3 o'clock in Northeast Regional Park, it will be the Ghosts' first game. It will be the Orange's third preseason game as they have played a team twice and beat them 34-32 to in the first game and opened up a gash in the second game, beating them 34-0. to So the Orange look to extend on their winning streak in the preseason and the Ghosts look to get their first win. Yeah, for sure. I think um, what's really <laughs> sorry. I'm a little. Uh... <laughs> I'm a little distracted right now just because breaking news. This literally happened as we're recording this episode. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> I was. That's why I was a little distracted earlier. I was like, I was just scrolling, looking for some news, and I saw that, and I was like, wait, that's me. <laughs> yeah, they just posted a a reel. A post of you, down 12-0, Joey Bate takes a huge hit in the A7FL South Division semifinals before leading a crazy comeback. So they have your game about two seasons ago against the A-team where, um, yeah, I will say, I like to say, this was easily your best game at quarterback. And uh, one of our favorite, most memorable games that we had and A7, uh, as a teammate of yours, this was great. There's a lot of plays to you and Elijah. I say that. I'm looking at this like, yeah, I remember you guys going crazy. Oh, yeah, 100%. He balled out that game. And the minute that I knew we were going to win this game is when they went up 12-0. And Lauren was dancing and Matt Herring was screaming, it's over. He was grabbing his little fake gold chain, screaming, it's over, bye-bye, ghost. And I remember looking at Chandler, and I just gave him a look like, yep, that's it. And we dialed it in, came back, and won. Big shout-out to Chandler West. Anytime he's mentioned that, I can tell smile. Big shout-out to Chandler. But look at you, Joey. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is funny. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my composure, but, yeah, shout-out to you, Joey. You look like a, yeah. Shout-out to Todd. Look at Todd getting the dump off. Through the fade up to, to Avery Harris. Shout out to Avery and everything he's got going on too. I know he had a pretty bad knee injury, but I see that he's getting back into football again. That's really, really great. Shout out to him. Yeah, here's another bomb. Elijah. I hope Elijah's doing well as well. Serving our country. Big shout out to him. Serving it up. Look at quarterback drop in the middle between two defenders. Get the fuck off of him. Chilling in the pocket. Found. Mm. Elijah over the middle. Joey, man, do you, do you have any announcements as a player that you need to make? or Nope. You want to end up 
I do not. I do not have any announcements I want to make. Alexi finding Kobe. Shout out to Kobe too. Jumped in the tires. Oh man, this was fun. I miss those jerseys too, man. As yeah, much dude. as I love our new jerseys, I kind of miss. Them. No, those those are the OG goated jerseys. Uh, for anybody that wants to know what we're talking about, that if you guys do not follow the A7FL, where you guys can actually find this clip that he's talking about for the Instagram handle is the Orlando Ghost. You can search that, follow them. Uh, it looks like they actually just reposted that clip. So if you want to know what we're talking about right now, uh, follow that Instagram and uh, give us a like and uh, give us a shout out. No, give Joey the like and the shout out because Joey highlighted. <laughs> and no, this is funny. If you know Joey, you know that this is very, very funny that they they shouted him out like this. This is great. Totally unprompted. We were just recording today, and we had no idea that they were going to drop this. So this is great. I'm yes. Go to run. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It caught me off guard. <laughs> but yes, again. So we'll go ahead and end the episode here. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, big, big thank you. Uh, very excited for this upcoming season. Like Joey said, we do have that game uh, that we're going to be playing tomorrow. Uh, don't know when this is posted, but it's being played Sunday, Northeast Regional Park at 3 o'clock. So hopefully you guys hear this before then and are able to come out and either play for the Orlando Ghost, that is, hell with the orange, and um, also support. If you're not a player and you're just a fan, you want to come out, uh, it'll be a great time. We're going to put on a good uh, going to put a, put on a good show, but we're also going to get a lot of good work in, and it's a very, very exciting time. We're getting ready, gearing up for this upcoming season, which will be a very good one. Uh, like you said, you're more privy to the first season. Uh, I think I'm more in love with the second season, but I think this one could top both of them for sure without uh, speaking too much hyperbole. Uh, one more thing. Anything else, Joey, before I close this out? I'm all good, man. All right. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for listening to the par- to the parlay. You can find us here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Either one of those areas, if you want to leave a five-star comment and review, we will appreciate that greatly. If you only leave us four stars, like my man Bobani Jones says, we are inclined to believe you are a hater. So don't be a hater and leave a five-star review for the Parlay Podcast. Again, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're working on getting it out to all platforms, but those are the two major ones that we have on right now. So again, my name is Woody. His name is Joey. We are the Parlay, and we're out. And we're out.